following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. This morning, John 14, we'll begin in verse 12, John 14, and looking at verse 12. and looking at verse 12. I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he, uh, <clears throat> shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye if shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I'd like to teach on the subject this morning, the power of mediation in ministry, the power of mediation in ministry. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, as we're continuing with our subject of Christ and the Christ and mediation, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to see and understand what's going on here. And Father, Lord, help us, uh, Lord, always to seek thy power uh, through prayer. Father, bless us now. Father, bless this Sunday school hour and the services to follow. And Father, may all that we say and do bring honor and glory to thy name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, the power of mediation and ministry. Now, we have been talking about uh, the mediation of Christ. We talked about the work of mediation from verses 4 to 6, the person of mediation from verses 7 through 11, and then this morning, verses 12 through 14, we're going to be talking about the power of mediation in ministry here, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I, uh, shall, uh, that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And as we talk about uh, mediation ministry, we want to talk, first of all, of those who are involved in true ministry for the Lord. He talks about those in verse 12, that be, he that believeth on me. And to believe upon Christ is to put your faith and trust in the foundation of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ when he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again and ascended into heaven uh, for you and I. John 3 and 36. John 3 and 36. John 3 and 36. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. They, to believe upon him is to put our faith and trust in him and on him as our foundation for all of our hopes for eternity. If you will, in First Timothy uh, chapter 4 and 8, First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, <clears throat> Here Paul writes, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable in all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Folks, eternal life begins the moment you're saved by the grace of God, and it is a life that now is and of that which is to come in the future. And the life that now is is a life of ministry, if you will, uh, for the Lord in this world in John 5 and 24. John 5 and 24. 
Many are the places where the Lord reiterates this. He says in John 5 and 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. To believe on him, to put our faith and trust in Christ as the foundation, not just for the life to come, but the life that now is in ministry Uh, Those who are involved in true ministry for the Lord are those who are genuinely saved by the grace of God. If you look with me to uh, Mark 16, Mark 16, Mark 16, and uh, verse 14, And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not on, on uh, believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And many would say, Oh, you've got to be baptized to go to heaven. He's not talking about that. He says, If you believe you're going to go on and follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. It is not, baptism doesn't save, but it's a testimony of our salvation through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says here, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they, and, uh, they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. We know that our Lord Jesus Christ did many mighty and wonderful works while he was on this earth and gave testimony to his, his power, his deity as God in the flesh, gave testimony to the, the, the heavenly message that he was sent from Uh, God the Father to give, and the Lord Jesus Christ is talking, remember now, not uh, just to all Christians, but specifically in this instance, he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to his apostles, those that would lead, and they would do greater works in some senses uh, than uh, the Lord, not just in the things that they did, not that they would necessarily do greater things than God, because who can do greater things than God? But rather, uh, the effect of their ministry would be greater than even our Lord Jesus Christ when he walked this earth. Uh, we know that multitudes followed Christ, but in John 6, many of the multitude stopped following the Lord. And when it was all said and done, uh, only the 12 at that point were with him. But then as, you, as we see uh, Christ uh, about to ascend for the last time, or just after he has ascended for the last time, we see there's about 120 members in the first church in Jerusalem. Now, he has had an impact on, if you will, Judea and what have you, and some of the regions around, but the impact of the ministry of the apostles of Jesus Christ, who were leaders of the first church in Jerusalem, was a greater impact. He would, they, they would then be doing greater works than even our Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's always remember that the miracles were not done as a sideshow. They had a purpose. The Bible says in Mark 16 that they were confirming the word with signs following. Uh, the, the, uh, the power of Christ was manifested to confirm 
that this work was uh, from God and the, and the apostles in the church in Jerusalem had that same goal. And it says in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. He's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, And God has sent some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that <clears throat> miracles and gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. You know, folks, uh, <clears throat> these gifts, these signs that were confirming that this work was from heaven would only continue until the time when God completed the complete revelation given from heaven from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, through which God would then work specifically being the word of God. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's important that we know uh, that there was a time when those gifts, those uh, gifts of healings and all these kinds of things would come to an end, if you will, in 1 Corinthians 8, excuse me, 13. He says here, he's going to talk about a more excellent way than the way probably of <clears throat> that of, um, of uh, gifts and what have you. He says in verse 8, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Means they'd come to an end. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And they, they ceased a long time ago. And the modern day tongue speaking movement is not of God. It's contrary to the scriptures. It's not necessary anymore. And as a matter of fact, 99 and 9 tenths percent of it is so unscriptural, it's, it's pathetic in the sense that they're not speaking known languages. They're often calling it a heavenly language, and really it seems to be no more than some gibberish. But he says, it's, they, they shall cease. He says in verse 8, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The need for any more knowledge of God from Genesis to Revelation is not necessary. He says, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, he's speaking of the fact that they didn't know all of it yet. And he said, hadn't been given all the revelation, but when that which is perfect is come, that means the perfect, complete law of liberty being the word of God, when that which is perfect is come, and then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I, I put away childish things. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as, I, as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, love for God, based upon the revelation of God. And what a powerful message that is the love of God in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ from Genesis uh, to Revelation. But those who are involved in true ministry for the Lord are those that know the Lord. Christian people, again, we know he's writing specifically to the church, uh, to the, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, but yet we're a part of the local church, the continuing work of the ministry from Jerusalem, and it is our commission, our intent, that God, God's intent that we would be uh, continuing true ministry for the Lord as Christian people within the Lord's church. Secondly, if you will, looking back to our text in uh, John 14, John 14, and again looking at verse 12, we're talking about the power 
of mediation and ministry. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he all, uh, do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Again, the scope of their ministry is greater than, uh, if you will, the Lord himself. If you look with me to Matthew 28, Matthew 28, his scope was in some ways very limited. It was to the Jews, particularly in the area of Judea and in some of the areas around the area of Judea. And Matthew 28, though the scope of the Lord's church and those that minister, involved in ministry is, uh, is to increase, he says in uh, Matthew 28 and 16, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to a mountain uh, where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He's talking about teaching all nations, making disciples of all nations. And that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be saved, but they were to go into all the world, as we read earlier, and preach the gospel uh, to every creature. If you will, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Well, let's look at, uh, excuse me, Luke 24. Luke 24. And we'll begin in uh, verse 45. Luke 24 and 45, again, the Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He's appearing uh, to his apostles, those that would lead him, his disciples. And he says, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things. Behold, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry ye here in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Meaning that uh, that would be referring to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Lord empowered his already existing church for ministry, for carrying the gospel to a lost and dying world. But he says in uh, verse 47, uh, preached uh, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Again, Acts 1 and 6, Acts 1 and 6. <clears throat> and this is repeated throughout uh, the Gospels and in Acts <clears throat> because it's important, the scope of the ministry. In Acts 1 and 6, and when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not uh, for you to know the times or seasons which the Father put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Jude uh, all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. It's a ministry that has a scope, a worldwide a scope. Look with me to Acts 17. Acts 17. <clears throat> if you will, in verse 1. Acts 17. And verse 1. <clears throat> now when they had passed through Amphipolis, 
and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days, three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that uh, this Jesus, whom I preached unto you, preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks and a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assailed, assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out, unto the, unto the, out to the people. And when they found uh, them not, Jason, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. And what a what a statement to make that already the influence of the ministry of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and those who were involved in it from Jerusalem until now were the Apostle Paul who at one time had been Saul of Tarsus, a great persecutor, was now preaching the faith which once he destroyed and they were glorifying God and it was effective and it was a very effective ministry through the local church and uh, <clears throat> it was reaching the world. As a matter of fact, they said, they said of Paul in this ministry, that these that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. What a statement to make. What an important statement to make, that the work of the Lord is effective. Amen. And it doesn't mean that everybody that heard the gospel that was involved in the ministry was ever saved by the grace of God, and yet many were saved as a result of the ministry. Again, Romans 10, Romans chapter 10, <clears throat> Romans chapter 10. Listen, folks, the Lord has promised that the ministry of the Lord's church, this ministry, if you will, will go forward because of the work, if you will, of, of intercession or mediation of Christ. In verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation will I anger you. <clears throat> but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that... <clears throat> that ask not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. You know, not all of them, as they said in verse 16, have obeyed the gospel. As Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed, I report. But it was important to know that their sound, even at this juncture, it would seem that the work of their ministry had reached out and was fulfilling the scope, at least in their day. And you, know, you wonder today, is it being fulfilled today? Well, the Lord would have it be fulfilled, and I think in many respects it is, and yet there's work to be done, if you will, in Acts 5. Acts 5 and 14. <clears throat> Acts 5 and verse 14. <clears throat> 
and believers were the more added to the Lord and multitudes, both of men and women, it's so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Everyone, can you imagine? I mean, remember the Bible says of the woman that uh, swarmed her way in just to touch the hem of the garment of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we see Peter and uh, God healing by virtue of just the shadow of Peter passing by. Now, what a great and a, and a wonderful thing. But again, not for Peter's honor and glory, but for the sake of, if you will, uh, verifying and giving power, if you will, to the ministry of the Lord, if you will, Acts 9, 19, Acts 19, and uh, verses 8 through 12. <clears throat> Here, speaking of Paul, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing, persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God, but when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them. Now he's in Ephesus. <clears throat> he departed from them and, and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Ty uh, Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both uh, Jews and Greeks, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that, that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, you know, we have people today in our so-called modern Christianity that are peddling uh, handkerchiefs and other kinds of relics uh, to people and saying, you know, if you just write, we'll send you this handkerchief, and someone's prayed over it, and you can find healing and blah, blah, blah. Well, folks, that wasn't what was going on with Paul. God was, was working out great spirit, special power and miracles, again, for the confirming of the work, the ministry that he was doing to the glory of God, not to Paul. Unfortunately, in our modern world today, that is not often the case. We often glorify men, supposedly, who have the, the same kinds of powers as the apostle Paul and so forth, and it's not true. It's sad, but it's just not true. The goal is not the same. It's not necessary because of the power of the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is quick, powerful, living, sharper than any two-edged sword. God has a way to reach the human heart with His Word that, that, if you will, even the miracles themselves did not do. God was trying to give strength to His Word and uh, the sword of the Spirit, if you will. Lastly, look with me to John 14 and 13. <clears throat> we talked, if you will, about <clears throat> uh, those that were involved in true ministry for the Lord. All Christians are, and we as genuine Bible-believing Christians through the local church are, and the scope of our ministry can be effective and will be affected, affected by the power of God. And we've talked about, if you will, <clears throat> the scope of the ministry is still the same. That is reaching the world. And though 
we're a small church, it doesn't mean that we can't be involved in reaching the world by supporting missionaries who are sent to go to those places that we cannot go, even as the Apostle Paul and others went before. <coughs> Lastly, if you will, the intercession of Christ through prayer brings power to the ministry. Again, John 14, John 14, and verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Folks, we're going to God the Father through Christ. We pray in Christ's name. We're invoking the, our mediator and the work of mediation to give power, if you will, to the ministry that God has given us, the power of prayer. In John 15, look with me at John 15 and 7. John 15 and verses 7 and 8. <clears throat> Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. If you ask what you will, it shall, if you, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Look with me to Luke 11, verse 9. It's important that we pray. We seek the Lord for power in our ministry. Sometimes... Sometimes this, unfortunately, can be true, that we're, we lean more on pro, uh, programs than we do on the power of prayer and the mediation of Christ for success in what we do. It's not to say that programs in and of themselves are wrong, but if we, uh, if we rely and lean upon just a program and just, a, if you will, how we do things, that is not enough to accomplish good ministry for the Lord. In Luke 11 and verse 9, Jesus said, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will, uh, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? We need the power of God, uh, if you will, in the work of the ministry that we're endeavoring to do. And folks, that often comes through prayer. God says, ask and ask in my name, and I will give you. Look at me to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. And we always want to remember as we're talking about prayer, and when the Lord says, ask and I will do it, it does not mean that that's with no consideration for the will of God. In 1 John 5 and verse 14, <clears throat> and this is the confidence that we ha have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. We need to seek to be... Uh, our, our prayers need to be, uh, to be sought in, uh, in involving the will of God, in line, if you will, with the will of God. Look at me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and look at verses 26 and 27. The Bible says here, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And as we struggle sometimes with knowing the will of God, and you know, our, our prayers aren't perfect. It doesn't mean that God doesn't hear them, but God, if you will, hears them, but answers according to his will and what's best for all of us in a given set of circumstances. If you will, verse 34 of the same chapter, chapter 8. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is, risen again, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He is constantly interceding for us before the throne of grace. We need to ask God, we need to ask God before we do anything and everything for him especially in the area of ministry, if we're going to find success, if you will. John 15 and verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. Jesus said this, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that, whoso, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you again, invoking the intercessor, coming to God the Father, looking for, if you will, power and victory through the place of prayer. Look at me to John 16 and 23. John 16 and 23. Jesus said in John 15, without me you can do nothing, so it's important that we always involve the Lord in the place of prayer. In John 16, 23, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. And verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Repeatedly, God would have us ask the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, John, excuse me, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and uh, verse 1, Acts 3, and uh, verse 1. <clears throat> now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, and being the ninth hour, and a certain man named uh, Lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, which would have been the calmest course for, for the, the situation. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And I, can't, I can't imagine the, the picture of what was going on. Here's a man who's been lame, and suddenly he's been healed, and he's just ecstatic about it. And don't, don't think for a minute that people didn't notice the fact that, you know, here's a guy every day of his life is laid at the, uh, the temple. 
And people are seeing him every time they go in. Some are giving to help him and what have you. Now, by the power of God and by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we find him healed. In all, verse 9, all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he that sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as a lame man which was healed held Peter and John... All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And from that instance, if you will, uh, Peter invoking the power of God through prayer and having this man healed by the grace and help and power of God, Peter has the opportunity to preach the gospel to many, many, many folk. Some were saved and some weren't, but what are not? You know, folks, again, it was not a sideshow. It was not something to draw attention to Peter, but rather to draw attention to the message of the gospel and their ministry that they were doing uh, for the Lord. Acts 9. Acts 9 and 32. Acts 9 and 32. It came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all the quarters, he came down to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And uh, there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately, and all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned unto the Lord." Again, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It was imperative at different times when the Lord would heal someone and, it, and God would use it to get their attention. And, you know, folks, they didn't uh, turn to the Lord simply because they saw the miracle. But uh, no doubt Peter was preaching the gospel as well on the heels of it as God has their attention and uh, their heart. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. And verses 20 and 21. Here Paul, right in the church at Ephesus, says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And this power, if you will, is appropriated in many respects by prayer. These apostles knew what it was to be able to ask in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, for something to be done. And God did it because it was according to the will of God, fulfilling their ministry for the Lord. And folks, God continues to do that for his people and his churches today. But it's a power that comes to us by prayer, seeking God and invoking, if you will, the name of our great intercessor. Folks, when we speak his name in prayer, God speaks to the Father for us in heaven and does what needs to be done. And you know, say, well, why aren't we seeing more things happening? Folks, you and I don't know the hearts of men. Our job is to sow, to water, to continue to be faithful to the Lord, it is God's job to give us an increase of souls, 
an increase in this local body. And you know what? If, if we don't do anything, folks, let us spend more time individually and collectively for this ministry. Now, sometimes we can, we can uh, if you will, try to assign blame as to why certain things don't seem to be happening. Let's quit trying to assign blame to things that we don't often understand. And let us learn to, if you will, invoke heaven's help in the place called prayer. Amen. Even Christ is saying that. He's saying, you call upon me, you ask me, invoke my help. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.